you're new to 710, thank you for being here. <laughs> thank you for spending your Tuesday evening with us. Uh, we're glad that you guys uh, decided to come and, and, and hang out with us. Uh, we're in a series called Rooted. It's a uh, look at Daniel, and it's the stories that we're going to cover are from um, chapters 1 through 6. Now, I just want to kind of just throw this out there so that we can kind of know where we are in the, in, the, in the story. So Daniel, we talked about this, I think, about two, two weeks ago when Corey, Corey shared. He said that uh, at the, in the end of chapter 1 that Daniel remained in Babylon for 70 years. So pause for a second and think about this real quick. 70 years, how many stories do you think you can come up with? Now, this brother, I've been knowing Biscuit, <laughs> I've been knowing Biscuit for about yeah, umpteen years, and <coughs> the stories that we have, I mean, we were just talking about earlier, um, we got another buddy who's out in Florida, uh, his name's Rosto, and, and we're talking about baptisms in Florida. So uh, if you've ever been to Florida, you don't want to go into any lakes, the reason being alligators, right? Well, people were so like on fire for the Lord and wanting to get baptized, being the shepherd that I am. I put them in harm's way, and I kind of stay to the side, and y'all baptize each other. No, that's not true. So, so what I what I would do, I, I took a stick and take this like kind of like branch stick or whatever, and I go out into the waters and kind of weed through the thing and kind of make sure everybody's all right. I'm all right, and, and when we get out there, uh, we just start baptizing people. Crazy thing, God actually protects those who actually want Him and want to be close to Him. Now, mind you, though. There are fish in, in those lakes, and a little couple of times they kind of get swimming a little, you know, <laughs> kind of get, get the moving out of the way. But um, just thinking about those stories and, and, and all those, those moments and, man, so many beautiful moments. And, 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 and that was only like 10 years. That was only 10 years. Imagine 70 years in the stories that you can come up with. And Daniel has six. He has six. So th th that's like a theme. We, we need to be paying close attention to, to what Daniel has to say. Um, last week, we, <coughs> we, uh, we're in chapter 2, and Daniel was uh, interpreting the dream for the king, correct? And, and the, the three things, the three lessons that we learned from Daniel's life last week was that Daniel was rooted in his God-given identity. He was rooted in his uh, God-given community, and, and he was rooted in God's mission. And so those are the things that last week kind of the implications for us to apply to our lives that we can take and then begin to begin to live life, moving our, our, our hearts closer to the person of Jesus. And tonight we're going to take a look at probably one of, the more, one of the more familiar stories in all of the Old Testament in chapter 3. But before we get into that, I got a question that I, I want to pose to you. How far... How far are you guys willing to go to allow God to use you? Like, what, what, is, the, what is the point where you go, oh, this, this is it for me. Like, I'm ready to step out. <laughs> like, let me out. <laughs> let me out of the car. Here's another question. Um, how deep do you really want your roots to go? How deep do you want them to go? And then, and then check this out. How wide do you want them to spread? We're going we're gonna to take a look at this story in, in, in chapter 3, and we're going to unpack it with this, this thought in mind. It, and, it, and it comes from Colossians, Colossians 
2, 6 and 7, which says this. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your life in him. Now, here's the caveat to that. Rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught and overflowing with thanksgiving. So that's kind of the backdrop with this picture of we want our roots to grow deep. Okay, and, and then we want them to spread with thanksgiving throughout our community. So let's pray. Let's ask for the spirit to work this in our hearts. Father, we thank you so much for our time tonight. We thank you for, God, laughter. And we thank you for friendship. And, Father, I pray that tonight <clears throat> you would uh, continue to stir in, in your people's heart, God, of how we want to be moved closer to your heart. Um, there's so many stories within this room tonight. Got so many different backgrounds that, that make up this beautiful picture of unity and, and the ethnicity groups that are represented in this room is just a beautiful picture of heaven as well. And God, my, my prayer for this group and in this moment right now, God, that you would shape every heart in this room. Now, would you step me out of the way and, and, and the dependence of your spirit would grow stronger and stronger in this moment. We love you, Christ Jesus, and we thank you. And we pray, amen. <clears throat> so if you have your Bible, turn to, turn to chapter 3. And I'm going to kind of do a, uh, I'm going to do what you call a, a on-ramp into chapter chapter 3. And we're going to look at Daniel chapter 2, verse 46 through 49. And the reason we're going to do that is because it's going to give us the picture of, of where Nebuchadnezzar should be versus where he actually is. So verse, <clears throat> verse 46 says this, then... King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrated before Daniel and paid him honor <clears throat> and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. The king said to Daniel, surely your God, that's, that's the capital G, God of the Bible, Yahweh, is the God of the little G, that little idol, gods, and the Lord of kings and a revealer of mysteries. For you were able to reveal this mystery. <clears throat> then Daniel, excuse me, then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished him with many gifts on him. He made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon and placed him in charge of all the wise men. Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the province of Babylon while Daniel himself remained at the royal court. So, again, last week, <clears throat> Daniel um, interpreted the king's dream. He, this dude was having nightmares. And so, so he was, he sent out the word to have Daniel uh, and all the wise men in Babylon killed, to have them killed. But Daniel, being Daniel, uh, rooted in his biblical identity, right, he goes to God, God, man, give us a vision, give us a sign, come on, help us out, because the king's trying to kill us. So, so, so he, God gives him the vision, he shares it with the king, the king is, at, at what this posture seems like is, like he's turning a page. Like he's, he's, okay, man, this God that you serve, he, this is, he's God. Now let's look at verse 1 of chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold 60 cubits high and 6 cubits wide and set it up in the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. All right, so King Nebuchadnezzar ain't getting pictures. But write this down if you're taking notes. What is in the heart, the mind justifies. What's in the heart, the mind justifies. And that's, that's what's happening with King Nebuchadnezzar. He's justifying to himself that 
this is a good idea. This is a good idea to build a 90-foot statue that's nine feet wide in a plane that only Dora the Explorer could find. God bless you, because I've been working on that joke for like two uh, two days, and I appreciate that. I'm a dad, good dad joke. Now some will go, well, why why is that? Why why is that Nebuchadnezzar at one point is thinking? The God of, Shad, uh, well, of God of Daniel, and then at another point, he's building a, a statue. Well, most historians believe this to be true: that the chapters between two and three, there's a ten to twenty-five year period. So to us, it's just like, oh, we just flip a page, right? But but in this context, there's a gap of ten to twenty years. So isn't this to be true? Y'all know this. Old habits die hard. Old habits die hard, and King Nebuchadnezzar is, is saturated in idolatry. It's, it's all through, and we're going to see all throughout this passage, there's eight to nine different times where we're going to read the, the phraseology that the king set up. Painting the, the, the picture, like driving it home of, of this king is saturated in idolatry. Verse 2, it says this. <clears throat> He then summoned the satraps, the prefects, the governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image that he had set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. And they stood before it. All unity ain't good unity. Yes, sir. All unity is not good unity. Everybody in, in <coughs> everybody from all over the world is coming to worship an idol. They're coming to pay homage to a dude and they're trying to align their allegiance to someone that really doesn't care about them. He just cares about them obeying him. And we're going to see how deep that goes. Verse 4. <clears throat> then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and peoples of every language. This is what you're commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the zither, the lyre, the harp, the pipe, and all kinds of music, you must... Fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. So let's let's unpack that real quick. Number one, this is not some sixth grade orchestra that's trying to put together a, a, a concert for King Nebuchadnezzar. These folks are actually extremely skilled. So in our day, it would be like you two. Bono and, and the boys, it would be like in sync, it would be like One Direction, it would be uh, insert your band name, okay? Whatever, whatever, whatever group you like, for me, it would probably miss you, the earth, wind, and fire. Do you remember? Hey, when it, anyway. Kind of forgot where I was just then. When you hear this music, you got two choices. Bow down. Or die. 
let me also unpack this like real quick for a second. If you ever go to a party and there's a life-size furnace there, just like <laughs> note to self, get out. <laughs> right? That's a freebie. You, you guys can have that. Historical context. So in this same time that Daniel is living in the in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and, 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 and the boy, there's all of these competing stories that are, that are happening in this same time frame. One happens to be uh, Confucius. Anybody know who Confucius is? The philosopher? There's only two, one, one, two people? Three? Okay, good. I didn't know. Chinese philosopher? Extremely, extremely wise. Well, he, you might be familiar with him in this, in this context. <coughs> when you go to your, your nearest Chinese restaurant, you open up the fortune cookie, what's in the inside is his face. He's living in the same time frame, 4,000 miles away from Babylon. So this is a historical fact. Another historical fact is that <laughs> Buddha is actually alive during this time period. So, so the, the Buddhists, okay, who, who, who they're striving for enlightenment, Meaning, uh, the, the, when I reach this, this point where I am withdrawn from culture and, and, and I'm no longer caught in the cycle of, uh, of uh, reincarnation, I have achieved enlightenment. Now, you got all of these different stories happening in the same time frame. And then you got King Nebuchadnezzar. Who is saying, no, 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 I'm, I'm the king. Who the king? You the king. Like, I'm the king. I'm the one that you all need to be bowing down to. I'm the one who's really in control. And then you got these three teenage boys from the tribe of Judah, the tribe of Judah. They're just trying to be faithful in their time. Teenagers. So you got these competing stories happening with one another. And let me just share this. There's only room for one true story. Guys, that's just like the culture we're living in. I heard a, heard a pastor say on the, on the podcast one time, he said the only difference, only difference between Daniel's day and our day, they didn't have social media and, 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 and their football team wasn't going to be playing in the Super Bowl like, like my bus stop. It's a whoa. Like that's the only, everything else, (laughs) you're trying to compete and fight for attention. You think you're not good enough? You're trying to rub elbows? Like, like, does this life really matter? The questions that are, that are really happening? Okay, if I just, if I just submit, if I simulate to the culture, maybe I'll be liked, maybe they'll notice me. Same kind of structure to the idolatrous culture that we're living in in 2021. Verse 7, therefore, as soon as they heard you two and the boy, all the nations and the peoples of every nation, of every language, fell down and worshipped the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said... 
to the king. May the king live forever. That's how they talk to each other. That's how they, may the king live forever. Uh, your majesty is issued a decree that everyone who hears of you, insert your band, boys and men, um, and all kinds of other music, fall down and worship the image which you made of gold. Well, there's some, however, that have not fallen down. Oh, excuse me, verse 11. And, and whoever does not fall down will worship and be thrown into the blazing furnace. But there are some Jews whom, have not, have, whom you've set up over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to you, your majesty. They, they neither serve your gods nor they worship the image of gold that you've set up. And then this little part of the words we call that Midrash Nisha. Then these mystics, and these, these astrologers, they're, 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 there's two things that are happening with them. They're upset because in chapter, in the end of chapter 2, the king promotes them to the, to the administrators, the, the position that these astrologers are trying to fight for. So some believe that this is a, pow, this is a political move that the, that the uh, astrologers are trying to pull here. Hey, king, I want to look at these divisions, brother. And that life-size furnace is, is, is blazing. Let's get with it. Verse 13 on is where we see the pivotal line in the sand, though. Because now this thing is going to go from, this is, this is pretty cool, like, okay, you got all, this king is able to get all of these people together and unified. It's Someone would say, hey, that's a beautiful thing. And it's now, now it's going to take a turn for the, for the dark. Furious with rage. Well, that ain't God. Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship image of gold that I've set up. Now when you hear the sound, again, these folks are going one direction. If you're ready to fall down and worship the image I made, we're very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace. Then what God would be able to rescue you from my hand? This king is echoing our culture today. If you don't, if you don't strive to fit in, you're not going to matter. If you, if you don't, if you don't take your your selfie the right way, you're not going to matter. This this king has he's grown so bold as to mock the God that gave him the vision in chapter 2. I doubt you would do that. It distorts where we've been and what we've been through. Verse 16, I love these guys' response, though. It says this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If you, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us 
from your hand, from your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know your majesty. I feel like Matthew. That you will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. The line has been drawn in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are taking a stand. A couple things to, to unpack here. Sometimes as Christians, we, we kind of get, get God confused as his role in our lives. As if he's Santa Claus or, or some kind of genie that we call upon when we need something or we want something. God, I need you to come through real quick. Trying to, trying to get this done. Oh, dear, dear God, please help me get this particular job. Help me to get this ready. Okay, thank you. Um, like, like, we get confused as, like, as God was set up to give us what, what we want. The way that these young men are responding is how you to face idolatry in your church. You got to draw the line in the sand at some point. At some point, the, the, the roots in your life need to be so deep and so thick that you can't, you, you couldn't even bow down to culture even if you wanted to. And this phrase in 18, I need you guys, if you have a highlighter, if you have a marker, if you have anything, but even if, I was thinking about getting a t-shirt, making a t-shirt or something, I don't know, I just said, even if, I wonder, real, real quick tonight, how many of you have an even if statement in your life? Like, even if I, even if I don't get that job, even if don't get married when we want to even if you don't heal my mom even if my wife and I we had an even if moment with my daughter who was uh at 15 weeks at 15 weeks when my wife was pregnant with my daughter the OBGYN told us hey we have called the hospital up in Flagstaff. We called the hospital and let them know that you guys could be arriving uh, well between the hour or so or possibly sometime this week because your birth canal is starting to open. You're starting to contract, you like have contractions and, and, and the baby is not going to make it, but we just want to make sure you're going to be okay. Uh, why, like, what? Wait, what? I'm 27. I'm, you know, new father. I'm trying to figure out life and you get this, this kind of news, right? We get to the car, and my wife just <laughs> melts. And guys, I got to be honest. I had no, I had no idea this this verse was even in the Bible. But the only thing I can tell you is there's something about the Holy Spirit that is real. And it just came on me to speak these words to my wife. Grabbed her hand, looked her in her eye. I said, "Babe." If God, God give us this baby and she grows healthy and beautiful, like, are we going to stop serving him? She's like, no. Okay, if, if for whatever reason, 
in his perfect will and plan that he takes this baby, are we going to stop serving him then? Afterwards, we go immediately to uh, uh, it was a coffee shop that, that had a church attached to it. And for, for whatever reason, we go into this place, and there's some women coming out of a Bible study. And we just kind of share, we just got some horrific news. Could you, could you ladies pray for us? Now, my wife is sitting in some tension, y'all. She had already lost two babies before this, stillborn. This is number three that the, that the nurses have just put on her. And I, I don't know how long we're in that, that, that prayer space. The only thing I can tell you is the Holy Spirit is there. And everybody doesn't have that kind of beautiful prayer that's like, oh, I'm in this type of way, God. But I got to just celebrate real quick. And my, my daughter is going to be 14 in July and, and, and going to be going into high school. Yeah, that's a clap of your hands. My son, my son um, he's, he's, in the, he's in the fifth grade and he's practicing the violin. And he's, <laughs> I told him, hey, buddy, I think we're going to try to get you a new instrument and practice. Um, you, you ain't one of them skilled players that can sing Daniel 3 here, buddy. Uh, and, and my daughter, she overheard that. And she, then she said, this is just this morning. She said, Daddy, can I learn a new instrument? I said, yeah, sure, baby. What you want to learn? She said, um, she said, I don't want to play the bass. I said, why? Because you play the bass. Yep. I, <laughs> I'm at my dinner table. Five in the morning, boohoo crying. The response that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego give, Melinda Sharon now, there, there are three takeaways that we can learn and that we can apply to our lives today in 2021. When it comes to remaining rooted in our biblical identity. The first one is this. We need to remain rooted in God's kingdom. Check out verse 19. Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious. I told you it's getting dark. He said to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, with his attitude toward them had changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times harder than usual. And he commanded some of the strongest soldiers in his army to tie up Shirat, Meshach, and Abednego, and he threw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes and trousers and turbans and other clothes were bound up and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's commands were so urgent that the furnace was so hot, the flames of the, of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shirat, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, firmly tied, fell into the blazing furnace. Jeremiah 29, 11 says this, for I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. This is how we know the plan of God is working in these guys' lives. 
they were dialed in. They were rooted. Because at no point do you see the mention of Daniel in chapter 5. Daniel's not even on the scene. God is sovereign is what we believe around here. Daniel should have been in their midst because them boys hung out together all the time. Kind of like Corey and Connor. But for whatever reason, God had Daniel absent of this story and placed firmly Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. The plan of God is working and orchestrating in this moment. But we don't have to fear because the, 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 the plan of God always is attached to the, the promise of God. And, and we could be rooted in the, in the promise of God. Look at verse 24. Then the king Nebuchadnezzar, he leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men tied up and thrown into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. Like, they're going to say something else. Oh, I don't know. You get in the fire, too. Check it out. Um, he looked, he said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound, unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods, Nebuchadnezzar, then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Now he gets it right. Come out and come here. The promises of God are only as good as the promise maker. Write write that down. The promises of God is only as good as the promise maker, and he's good for it. Joshua 1.9 says this. It's not on the screen, but it just came to me. Haven't I told you, be strong and courageous, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I was looking through this the other day, and, and, and Isaiah 43 kind of popped up. And then check this out. All of, these, all of these, these Jews would have known the biblical story, meaning they would have known about, about um, in Exodus how Moses goes to Pharaoh, let my people go. And, and, and then they part the Red Sea, right, walking on dry land. They would have known that story. They would have known all of the stories that led up to this moment in Daniel chapter 3. So when you read, now, now look at verse, this is Isaiah 43 and 2. It says this, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Again, this, this is clicking to these guys. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The promise of God is only as good as the promise maker, and he is good for it. And this leads me to my last point for us to kind of take in and, and let it just sit with us tonight, that the, the plan of God for our lives that, that, that is attached to the promise of God in our lives is always accompanied by the power of God in our lives. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire. This is verse 27 now. And the satraps, the prefects, the governors, and the royal advisors, and all these crowded people came around them and saw that there was not a, the fire did not harm their body nor was a hair on their head singed. Their robes were not scorched. They didn't even have the smell of fire on them. 
This is what we like to call a comprehensive protection plan. Everything was protected. Theologians believe that when they see when King Nebuchadnezzar sees that fourth person, there's a theological term for that. It's called Christophany. Christophany. Now, that's the pre-incarnate Christ Jesus who's going to be on the cross in a few short years. He's made him, he's made himself known and, and, and visible beforehand in the fire with these young men. But King Nebuchadnezzar is going to call him an angel, which, again, some theologians call that a theophany. And a theophany, Christophany, study of Christ, theophany, study of God. So they're saying the presence of God is in that fire with these young men. And the power of God is displayed by no, no harm done to these young men. 28, then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Have we not heard that before? Who has sent his angel, a theophany, and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defiled the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other god except their own god. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language that says anything against God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be cut into pieces in their houses, be turned into piles of rubble. This dude is crazy. But he gets this part right at the end. For no other God can save him or help him. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego again in the province of Babylon. When the promise, when the plan of God working in your life Attached to the promises of God in your life, accompanied with his power. Ladies and gentlemen, you are a beautiful picture of God's glorious display. Being a tangible expression of the kingdom. I'm going to invite the, the band up and I want to read Philippians 2. everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure. So pause for a second. Do everything without grumbling and complaining. There, there is the plan of God. He wants you to live in a way that, that, that it doesn't turn people off from Christianity. So that you become pl- blameless and pure children of God without fault in a Warped and crooked generation. Can y'all, can, do y'all believe we're living in a warped and crooked generation? I'm telling you, we are. So the, the, the plan of God is don't grumble, don't argue, don't, don't do that. But actually, with the promise that, of, that, that if you do these things, that you become blameless and pure and children without fault. And here's the power of God so that you will shine among them like stars in the sky. And as you hold firmly in the word of life, this, we call this the Bible. 
King Jesus, God breathed. We hold firmly in the word of life. And then I, you and I, will be able to boast in the day of Christ that we did not run or labor in vain. I don't know what the stories are in your life. Again, a lot of us come from different walks of life. Some of us, I, I know, we're, we're not Christians. We just came because we're hoping to, like, see a cute girl. And that's cool. Whatever. No, that's not true. Um, we're glad you're here. How about that? Here's, here's the point. It's not by chance. God is sovereign. He's ruling on the heart of King Nebuchadnezzar. Corey's going to finish out what's going on last night. We'll see what happens to the king's heart. But I'm telling you right now that the Lord Jesus is wooing on the hearts of his people in this room. God has a plan for your life. His plan comes with a a promise. And the promise of God is always accompanied with a power. If you're a believer in this room, my prayer for you is this. The root could go deep. And that Philippians 2 says, like, you will spread wide and you will shine as bright as the sun. not a believer, here's the deal. There's a plan for your life. Culture is telling you one thing. The God of the Bible is telling you another. Only thing I'm saying is consider your life in him. Because this one thing I know to be true. Without Christ, your life will be in cares for you, he loves you, he has a plan for you, and he's going to bless you today.